0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Everything begins with an honest, open conversation. The empire is exactly that place and you can just weigh in, listen, or debate with others about topics ranging from childcare, sex, religion, and politics. We talk about the things that matter, the things we experience, and we make plans for how we can better live with change. Real talk, real people, real issues with real solutions. Call 646-478-5625 every Sunday and Wednesday at 8 central on Blog Talk Radio to get Empire with the Empress. Or you can log on to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the empire, where the Empress speaks and the Empire listens. All right.
0: Yep, yep, yep. are
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the Empire. It is Thursday, March the twenty sixth, two thousand and fifteen. And tonight on the Empire we have a special guest, Mr Siccone. See now I lost your last name. Siccone, are you there?
2: Yes, I'm here. Ah, I
1: Yes. Okay, so Mr. Ciccone Priest, we have you here tonight. We're going to talk about the man because you know they have been telling me forever that I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not a man, and I have to actually admit that that I cannot understand men. I think that is the I think that's the biggest rule of the world. It's not. Uh, love or anything else is just figuring out what is what isn't what is going on in y'all's head. But we're going to have you be a, uh, a, a vocal point, maybe, or maybe the expert of manness, the representative of your species tonight. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But before we get started with that, I just want to discuss a little news. I'm pretty sure you know all of this news, but in case you've been under a rock for the last maybe five months, six months, seven months. Did you know that rapper Jay-Z has been involved in a paternity suit? He's been involved in a paternity suit for about five years now and has come to a point in um, the litigation of paternity with a possible settlement. It's possibly coming down sometimes uh, in the next few weeks. Now, for the past five years, a now 21-year-old man says that he is the son, the only son of Rapper Jay-Z. And according to the court papers, uh, Jay-Z has successfully sidestepped and requested a paternity test for this child a few years ago and has offered to pay child support uh, because there had been a man who was on child support but had also uh, gone under paternity and was proven not to be the father. This child, well, we can't call him a child. This young man, Ramir Satterweight, had dreams of becoming a rapper, and the news of him wanting to be a rapper with the already local understanding that he was possibly, quote, unquote, the son of Jay-Z. Someone in the family, someone local to them, they don't really know, uh, leaked this information to the news, and it became bigger. Now, I don't know how you can keep something like that under wraps for five years, but I remember several months ago seeing it, and I was like, okay, really? Just because you got a big nose like he does, you know, it kills me when they put the pictures up together and say, oh, that baby don't look nothing like his dad. That is not your child. That is really not the most clinical way to determine whether or not you have, you know, seeded a child or not. But they, the family's saying that they did not expect this. Actually, the godmother of this child is saying, that they've known since, you know, the early 90s that this child was possibly uh, Jay-Z's, and it was well before Beyonce, but uh, this is not the only rapper. I mean, Chris Brown, too, recently is in the news for something sort of similar. Of course, there is a a definite age difference between Jay-Z and Chris Brown, but uh, Chris Brown has a – what is it? Looks like he's got a nine-month-old um, by a 31-year-old woman who has now um, decided that she, you know, wants to um, let people know that she, that is his baby. Now, he's never denied that he's had this baby. Actually, there have been word from his camp that supports that he yeah, he supports this woman named Nina. She is Nina Guzman, 31-year-old woman from Houston, who just decided, you know, she needed to let these little girls know that she had a baby by this little boy, which is, first of all, just kind of messed up. But Chris got upset not because of, the, you know, the baby. He totally accepts the baby. As a matter of fact, he has been taking care of this baby and mom with um, in a financial situation for, since you know, the baby's been born, and actually recently he's now wanting to move the mom and the baby closer to him uh, in addition to paying uh, uh, unlegally binding, you know, um, child support. Now, he got pissed at this mama and decided that, he was just going to just let the courts handle it because he was sure that the amount of monies that he's providing for the provision of this mom and child is well beyond what he would probably have to pay. But he's offered to just squash all of the immaturity, which is, he, like, I'm shocked that Chris Brown, with his wilded out behind, would even do this. But he's wanting to move everyone to L.A., uh, forget about trying to do a legal um child support kind of thing through the courts. He just wants to be able to see his daughter on a day-to-day basis, which is the way it's supposed to be. It's amazing to me that the order of parenting is almost often not in the right way. Now, I do know that little bit about it, but we're going to talk to Ciccone tonight about that whole man move. First of all, could you please introduce yourself to the audience um, so that they'll know who we're talking about and where your level of expertise comes from. Ciccone?
2: Okay, well, thank you, Empress. This is um, Ciccone Prince of Um uh, I'm a in fact, motivational speaker based out of Mobile, Alabama I've been doing in fact, motivational speaking now for approximately two years prior to that I owned a 3D animation company for 12 years uh, called 3D Solution Providers and we did 3D animation for local businesses here in the Mobile area as well as um, government entities uh, and as far as expertise, uh, I guess I have to get a, a little bit into my background. I'm married, uh-huh. and me and my wife have five kids. The oldest wow. is 27. The next oldest is 19. The next oldest is 15. Then we have a 13-year-old, and we have a 7-year-old. Wow. So So uh, needless to say, yeah, yeah, I know. They,
0: <laughs>
2: they are spread out. <laughs> to say the least. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. that actually, it gives me a lot of material uh, for my for motivational speaking, at least from the standpoint of I have, I have had to learn how to talk to a 27-year-old. I've had to learn how to talk to a 19-year-old. I've had to learn how to talk uh-huh. to a 15, and 13, and 7-year-old and to communicate to them, uh, you know, on all of those levels. I find myself having to mm-hmm. kind of switch gears sometimes in the middle of a stream because I'll be talking to mm-hmm. someone. I'll be talking to a 19-year-old about something, and then I have to talk to a 13-year-old about something. So I find myself mm-hmm. always having to make those sort of adjustments and juggles.
1: Mm. Well, let me ask you this to start with. Uh, I'm assuming you got girls and boys in there. And yes, I have. Three. I'm assuming. Hmm. Three well, of which.
2: Well, I was going to say that, that we have uh, two boys and three girls, and the boys are the bookends, so the oldest and the youngest. The oldest boy is twenty-seven, the youngest is seven. Then we have a nineteen-year-old daughter, a fifteen-year-old daughter, and a thirteen-year-old daughter.
1: Wow! So we're hanging out in the middle. That that to me, I and I just think about that. This in in, in any uh, topic, in, in anything that we discuss, you can't beat. Uh, on on the job training? I mean, it's not a whole lot that anybody could probably teach you about what you're having to live on a day-to-day basis because, I mean, that's just what you do. Would you say that being – because I was asked this question by a male who has a daughter who's 11. Now, my daughter is nine, but he asked me what I should do in the situation that he's having with his daughter. Before we get into the topic, do you think that that's – I mean, I do. You expect that people will be able to give advice just simply because they're in that mode, or is it independent of experience? Like, where where do you? I know you say you draw your speeches and um, possibly directions in your speeches from your experiences, but is it always the right advice? Does it even mean the same thing for the two different ages of daughters in your own home?
2: Well. But one of the things that I really try to do, especially with my kids, is, you know, you can oftentimes use examples of people in faraway countries and lands, you know, far, far away, and oftentimes they don't really see the connection. But when you have mm-hmm. someone, maybe, maybe a family member or maybe a church member or, you know, maybe one of their classmates who has gone through mm-hmm. something similar and you can draw from that experience, you know, that's what I found that really makes it more relevant for them when they can actually say, yes, I know somebody who did that or I know somebody who was going through that. I actually know somebody. You know, this is not a fictitious character, but this is somebody that I actually (laughs) know and I see the struggles that they're having. Uh, You know, as far as uh, the amount of experience, even with talking with other people, I've learned that you can learn from everybody. I mean, you really don't know mm-hmm. what people have gone through or what they have dealt with, what sort of background they have, and they can offer you advice. And my thing is, if it fits, if it's if it's the solution to the problem that you're having, use it. You know, okay. uh, don't just don't just limit yourself. You know, to in fact the people that you think you know. This person has the answer. This person has. I mean, you can learn something from a homeless person as well as you can from the oh. the uh, CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So, I've learned never, mm-hmm. never just look for your answers in one particular place or even from one particular person. You have to have an an an, an open mm-hmm. mind to at least be willing to listen to what someone else has to offer. And like I said, if it fits, mm-hmm. use it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's amazing that people, because I had this one woman who was all the time giving me advice on my children during the time that I was divorced, and they were very, very young. Actually, they were just beginning elementary school. One was in pre-K, and one was in the first grade, and she was giving me all this good advice, and it was sound, but I didn't know until years later that she didn't have no kids. And it was like, oh, my God, Like, how could she even know that? But that's, that that actually reinforces what you just said. And tonight we're not particularly sticking with kids, but with the man, that's just to me, it's hand in hand. They go together, and you, you gave to me an outline, which was wonderful, because it gets me to try to stay focused, because sometimes I'm all over the place, cause you could say one thing, and it'll make me think of something else. So this actually was great. And just the order of what you sent me was shocking. And if if you want to share uh the different bullet points, we could do it that way, but the very first thing on this outline says husband and I thought that curious. I do understand it from multiple perspectives, but and I but I want to know why um you know, point A says, before you find a wife, you need to find yourself. Is every man um, to be a husband, or does husband and man come synonymously?
2: Well, I'm so glad that you asked that question, because it really gives me an opportunity, to, first of all, to say that although I did this this outline up, it was more so for me <laughs> to help me stay on track, <laughs> Uh, as far as with the point I wanted to make, because like you, you know, the type of things come up, you know, fact, like your mind starts, you know, starts to wonder, and uh, we call it chasing rabbits. You know, <laughs> you know, a rabbit pop up, you chase mm-hmm. it over there, and then another one pop up, and so you know, you're all over the place. But as far right. as the actual order that I uh, that I put this in, uh, because, and we'll go through through each of these, but I wanted to talk about at least these three points, one being a husband, yeah. two being a father, and uh-huh. then three being a mentor. And the reason that uh-huh. I put husband first is, well, as I mentioned that, you know, for me and my wife, we have five kids. My uh-huh. oldest son was a product of, of a high school, in fact, relationship. And so, uh-huh. consequently, I had a child when I got married, in fact, to my wife. Uh, and well, okay. and just to keep it real, I'm you know because I know that you can't help people by you know you know by not being honest. Even right. me and my wife's oldest daughter, she was in the wedding pictures. If that says anything.
1: <laughs> okay, right, right, right.
2: <laughs> because she was born in November and we got married in December, and okay. so you know she was she was actually in the in the like wedding pictures. And the reason that mm-hmm. that that I wanted to actually stick with this outline because I know, and I mean, I, I love my wife, I love my kids, all of that, but I realized that there was mm-hmm. something that we forfeited. There was something that we gave mm-hmm. up uh, by putting the cart before the horse, if you will. We really mm-hmm. didn't have a chance as a couple to really get to enjoy each other without the responsibility of kids, you know, without having to find a babysitter, without having to worry about, you know, uh, uh, do we have enough money for, you know, milk and pampers and, and for daycare. We didn't have that opportunity. I mean, I literally, when I got married, when me and my wife got married, it was instant family, you know.
0: Uh, you know,
2: we were, you know, in like fact, we were dating, of course, prior to us getting married, but, I mean, I for lack of a better term, I just jumped into the deep end of the pool. I had a wife and I had mm-hmm. a new baby. So so we really forfeited a lot of time that that could have helped us deepen our relationship. And, I mean, just being able to just kind of go away for the weekend, you know, without having to really, uh-huh. you know, be concerned. It amazes me how, uh, how having a child, it changes your thinking. Yes. And I, I'm going to get to that a little later, but, I mean, just even <laughs> – even if you go somewhere, you realize, okay, I can't do anything stupid <laughs> and get myself locked up right. because I have a child, right. you know. You know, you right. tend to make your decisions based around the fact I have this responsibility. You know, in if, fact, Wes, if you don't have a child, if you don't have that sort of responsibility, well, then, yeah, in fact, you may take more risks or in fact, you may go uh, – other places and, you know, do other things. But when you have someone that is looking to you for their livelihood and for you to look out for their best interests, your whole mindset changes as far as what you can and what you cannot do. And so that's why uh, I was saying about how as a husband, you know, in fact, before, you know, you find a wife, you know, in fact you need to find yourself. I've oftentimes said that one of the best things that you can do for everybody around you is to know who you are. Uh, mm. I actually quote quoted a, in fact, Mark Twain today where he said that the two most important dates in your life is the day you were born and then the day you knew why. I'll mm. say that again. The two most important dates in your life is the day you were born and then the day you found out why you were born. And mm. That's what I mean about about finding yourself you know uh a lot of people don't take that time to actually find out who they are, why they're here, and their purpose. If you haven't figured that out, and I know for myself, I'm speaking from my own experience that that it's been a journey for me, even having a wife and you know having a child even having that's an instant family, I was still in that process. And to me, the outline fact that I gave, it helps because it allows people an opportunity to become – I know they say that, that, you know, there's no I in team, but there are individuals on a team. And in order for it to be the best team, you have to have the best individuals working as a team. But oftentimes, what happens is we don't take the time to get to know who we are, and because of that, we bring a broken individual into a relationship with, unfortunately, sometimes, most of the times, another broken individual. And uh-huh. and that's not saying that you have to be perfect to get married, but you at least need to know who you are and where you're going, in order uh-huh. for you to, in order for you to make the determination. Okay. Am I hooking up with the right person? Are we going in the same direction? Do we have some of the same goals, dreams, and aspirations? And if you never answer that question, then it may not be a good idea for you to get married. That's why I said that, you know, before you find a wife, you need to find yourself. As far as men, mm. we need to take the time to, you know, to I mean, to really solidify who we are.
0: Right, right, I often right, use right. an examples
2: that, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Hmm. Go well, ahead. Well, no, I'm but, just a man.
2: Well, okay. I've um, I said that, you know, if someone were to walk in the room, in fact, that I'm in right now and say, okay, I need every woman to stand up. I'm not going to move mm-hmm. because I know that I'm not a woman. And see, right. if you know who you are, you are not really overly mm-hmm. concerned with with what doesn't apply to you. Because that's one of the things that I try to help help my children understand. Don't let the world tell you who you are. You tell the world.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I don't care what they label you. I don't care what they call you. I don't care what name they put on you. If it doesn't apply, if it doesn't match up with 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 who you know you are, you can leave it on the ground. Leave it where they live. Don't right, pick it up. Right. Don't don't claim it as your own. And so that's what I mean about okay. finding yourself or knowing yourself. Our our slogan at like, com is introducing you to yourself.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Because, that's a big as one. I said, if you ask the average person if they know the sense, they're like, yeah, I know myself. Yeah, you know, you know, why would you ask for that? Well, then you start asking them questions. Well, why do you do this? Or why do you act like this? Uh-huh. Why do you respond you know, so so harshly. You know, in fact, when you're stood up or when no one returns your calls, right. or why is it somebody being late just? I mean, just cause you to just fly off the handle. And mm-hmm. sometimes people use the lame excuse, "Well, that's just the way I am." Well, in reality, right. there is a history behind that behind that behavior, and they have yet to actually. To
1: have
2: to they have yet it. to actually find out or just take the time to go back through their life and find out why. This journey for me started when I was in college. And I'm going to be real vulnerable and real transparent because I know as I said before, people can't, they can't be helped you know, you know. if you hold back.
1: Actually, when I was in- that's wonderful because that's what we do on the Empire. We're about transparency. We're not trying to get in your business. But I think right, that the right. more honest that you are, the better the message. I mean it just is absorbed so much better. I knew it was gonna be good. okay, go
2: ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, uh fact when I was in college I noticed a a a a pattern, you know, with the fact like, young ladies I was dating and it started me to question myself. And the pattern was in eighty percent or in the relationships that I was in, eighty percent of the time, the woman was the one that ended the relationship. I mean, I found myself just—I mean, I would—I was hanging on for dear life, unless they were, you know, like key your car crazy and bust your windows out, <laughs> you know. I was there, yeah. you know, you know, I was there hanging in, uh, hanging in with them, you know, trying to make the relationship work. And then I started questioning. I said, I said, you know, Sakona, why is it that you know you you hang on for dear life? What is it about being in a relationship? I mean. What what pushes you or what drives you, you know, to the point to where, you know, you won't or it's hard for you to let go? Now, I do want to say this. In a way, uh-huh. that can be a good thing and then it can be a bad thing. It can be a good thing uh-huh. if if you latch on to the right thing, but it can be a bad right. thing if you latch on to the wrong thing, you know. Uh-huh. So the same no. thing that can be your strength can also be your weakness. But I started that process of of trying to figure out why is it that I had a hard time. I mean, I was just so forgiving. I would, you know, keep giving chance at the chance. And I started to look at my own history. I started to look at my own upbringing. I started to look at my own, like, relationship uh, with my mom. And I, you know, discovered several things that really, it helped me understand why I did what I did. Not just the fact that I did it, and that's just the way I am, but I started asking the question, why is it? Um, Right. I remember hearing this interview with Tyler Perry, and he talked about how he was in a situation, he was dating this young lady, uh, and, you know, they had gone out to dinner, had a good time, came into his place, and, you know, kind of one of those things that one thing led to another sort of thing, and Uh she turned off the lights. Well, like when uh-huh. she turned off the lights, he got upset. I mean, he got, he got, he got. I mean, he just got so. I mean, uh, so so frustrated and and just so so angry to us she had to turn the lights back on and she had to calm him down. And mm. she asked him. She said, "You know, why is it? You know, what happened?" And through some counseling and talking, he admitted that well, he had been in fact, molested as a child, and that every time it happened, it happened in the dark. And so when the lights went out, that triggered that. And so he had somewhat of an involuntary response. The reason that I use that example is because there are things in all of our lives that we do, that get on our nerve, that push us to the edge, or that will have us clinging or holding on to something that we should be letting go of. But we need to understand why we need to take the time to understand why. And oftentimes we don't do that until we've been put in a position where somebody holds our feet to the fire or makes us mad or makes us upset. And then, and then they tell us in that, in that heated moment and we take it defensively and we never deal with it. My thing is, why wait until you have been called out on something, or why wait until you know you you've been put in the back of a police car <laughs> mm-hmm. to admit you got a problem? <laughs> you know,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: if, you know. If we take the time to actually look at ourselves, and I mean, really start asking ourselves, why? Why do I do that? Why does that upset mm-hmm. me so much? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do I have a problem, you know, with the person that lies? You know, is it because I was mm-hmm. lied to as a child and no one ever came through? Or, or you know, so, so, and I mean, in fact, like the list goes on and on as to the things. Mm-hmm. But, but if we never take the time to ask the right questions, you'll never get the right answers. And most of the times we're well, looking said, at the people. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, people,
1: what people are saying, and I, I just want to not forget this, this, point that you just made me write down, you said um that you you know if we do it in the right order um then it's just a a better happening. You're able to have an experience with that woman, the person that you chose right. to be with, but when you have this ready made family, you have to combine all of these responsibilities together do, are you and I'm not an advocate of people getting married because they're pregnant or because Mama yeah, told right. to me, but actually, I was that way before, and that's exactly why I got married the first time. I got married because he asked me, and I knew I was doing some of the stuff that uh, married people would do. I never had a pregnancy scare, never had any of those types of things. but I just knew that there was a certain way that things were supposed to be, and I thought that that would equal out to fixing it. With and mm-hmm. I didn't have a clue of, of who I was, so. Is it okay to say that a man can still be a man if he chooses the child and not choose the woman? Is that is that fair to say?
2: Well, I would say yes, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, okay. and, and of course, again, in. Some were vulnerable. In fact, my mom and dad, like they got divorced when I was two months old, so, so I never had my dad in the house with me uh, uh-huh. growing up. And in a way that was good and in a way that was bad. It was good because, uh-huh. you know, when it came to being a husband and 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 a father, I had a blank page. Uh-huh. I, I had nothing written uh-huh. on it, which, which to me was helpful because it didn't allow God to actually... Figure that out for me,
0: Uh
2: as opposed to having a bad example in the house. And it's like a sheet of paper. You could take a sheet of paper out and you could write an essay on it. And then you could take an eraser and you could gently erase everything that you wrote. Uh And you could clean it off and blow it off Uh and dust it. But if you hold that piece of paper up to a piece of paper that hadn't been written on, they won't look the same Uh because of the impressions Uh and because of the indentures that have been made in it just because you wrote on it. And see the uh-huh. fact that my uh-huh. the fact that my father wasn't in the house, there were a lot of things that I didn't get exposed to, which uh-huh. you know, actually wind up. As I said, I had a clean slate to where then I could have the right stuff put in that spot, as opposed to me writing down the wrong stuff and then have to come back and erase it and then try to put the right stuff in that spot. So, but but I guess to answer you know your question. Um, uh-huh. I know that you know there are situations and circumstances you know, fact which happens. Uh, I'm reminded of this uh, this one young man the fact that I know that he has a child, and he actually he wasn't in a relationship with the young lady or anything. She just asked him to help her move and stuff, and I guess you know, you know that's why. I, anyway,
1: wait a minute. I, Hey, wait! wait. He to move. You are not. You are not telling me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Listen, listen. Come That's on me now. Listen. Really? But
2: see what I'm. What I'm saying is this: is that there are circumstances mm-hmm. and situations that that have happened, and that has been a result. But to answer your question, wow. as far as you know, you know being, being like the man that he needs to be, when you realize that, okay, you have a responsibility that. Mm-hmm. That takes takes the place of, you know, your agenda. I tell my kids all the time, if you make a decision to bring a child into this world, and most of the times it's not, hey, I want to go have a baby, but it's, hey, I'm having sex. Right. And then you wind up getting pregnant. I said, if that's the case, I want you to take take your right finger, and I want you to push pause on your life for 20 years. Uh Just push pause on your life for 20 years because it's not about you anymore. It's about the child.
0: Right.
2: You know, everything that, that you know you wanted to do, all your hopes and dreams and goals, they get on the back burner if not put back in the refrigerator because now it's not about you anymore, but it's about the child. And that's the approach that I took with my oldest son and that was, okay, look, I have a responsibility now. I can't, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, just piss my life away. I have to mm-hmm. be I have a child I have to provide for. So I really, I started distancing myself from people who are not trying to do anything, like they're not trying to go anywhere. Uh, I'm, and, you know, uh-huh. it's not like I was trying to be funny or anything like that, but, hey, look, I have a responsibility. You, you don't have a child. You graduated high school, okay, fine. You can just, you know, just, just go from here to there. But I I have to get it. That's why I went back to school. I mean, I... After I finished high school, I got my associate's degree in electronics. Then after that, I went and I got my bachelor's degree in electronics. So uh-huh. the driving force for a lot of the success that I have right now, you know, was my responsibility. Uh, uh, and there again, going back to my in fact, my own upbringing, being raised by a single mother and seeing just how much she struggled, I never wanted my child or my children to go through that, I even tried to reconcile with my son's mother. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But
0: uh-huh. I did everything
2: I did everything I could to be in his life in order so that uh-huh. he would know what a man was and what it meant to be a man. And now I I no. can tell you right now. I'm sorry.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, you just, just... said uh, uh,
1: you you just said I can't I I, I gotta just kind of sidebar on that one. You said that you tried to reconcile with the child's mother all the time, knowing that you just really were trying to be be present for that child. It, it was nothing about her. I'm not saying you didn't like her or anything. I'm just saying, like, I, is that a good reason to go back? Because I think. On a woman's perspective, like, women do that all the time. That's why you got so mm-hmm. many crazy baby mama um, stories right, from the, right. the guys. She crazy. She's a baby mama from hell and this and that. And it's because she's not over him. The baby happens to be with her, but she's not over him. So is it yeah. okay for a man to go back when he really don't want her? Like, should, should, would you advocate that? I'm just asking because well, I don't know.
2: Well, and and... and I I can only speak for myself and speak for the situation that you know, I found affect myself in. You know uh, I never wanted you know my kids to grow up in the house without me. I mm-hmm. never I never not wanted to be in their life. I always wanted to be mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. you know because of that, I made a concerted and an earnest effort, you know, in order to mm-hmm. to you know to actually. Uh, Men to rectify that affect relationship, and at that time, I mean you know that like we were still kind of in the you know in the ballpark, if you will of having a affect relationship, so you know I didn't want to just just forget it, and you know you know I'm moving on, but you know because I had a responsibility and going back to this what I was saying about not wanting in fact, my child you know to be raised you know without my Mm -hmm. influence, I did Mm -hmm. make that effort, you know, in order to go and, you know, try to rectify the situation. Now, and I know everybody's situation is different, you know, I mean, there are different Mm -hmm. circumstances, and, you know, I can't speak for for everybody, uh, I mean, because Mm -hmm. every situation is historically different. But Mm -hmm. I know, you know, for me, I knew the pain of, of, you know, watching my mother do everything she could. And she did a wonderful job, by the way, raising me and my sister. But I just remember just a okay. feeling of helplessness, you know, when I saw her, you know, struggling, you know, deal with building, and just trying to fix okay. stuff around the house. I mean, that really, it really, it, I, I, I never wanted my wife to actually deal with that. And, and so, you know, because of that, that sort of upbringing that I went through i mean I literally i found this out that i have a i have a phobia of not being there for my family. you know if I go somewhere like on a trip or something, if I can come back i mean just a couple of hours earlier, if I can catch an earlier flight or come back a day earlier i I do because you know of the care and say the concern fact I have my family, and I do attribute that to my upbringing and to seeing the stuff that my mom went through and you know, me just kinda of saying, you know, within myself, I don't I don't want my wife to, you know, deal with that. I don't want my kids to have to go through that. And so, you know, that oh, yeah. it went into making me who I am. So, uh-huh. you know, there are some individuals, they don't have a problem with just moving on, going to the next, going to the next, but you have to realize that you are you, you are you are leaving broken pieces of individuals if you have that mindset, you know, I mean, people are, people are, I mean, there's a trail of blood behind you. If you're leaving child after child after child or relationship after relationship, uh, and, and I mean, you know, there are consequences to that. And, and I can remember that even that decision that, you know, me and my older sons, had mother made, it's been rippling through my life ever since. I mean, there have been times when, when just that one decision over 28 years ago, it actually, it, 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 it's been rippling through my life ever since, you know, just causing hurt and heartache, kind of over and over again, and but you don't think about that at the time, but as you look back over, it, you know, and we've all heard the the uh, statement, "If I knew then, what I know now."
1: Mm. We would not learn We would just take for granted I think everything is For a reason I cannot for the life Of me and I'm not supposed to Know why circumstances Had to take this this But I participated in it too Now, Like listen I don't like To blame at all And I think when you're young I mean you, you can't be You had to be just about a teenager Having this other baby because you ain't that old so, you were just being right you were just being you were just being what it was to be seventeen, which is to be irresponsible, which is to try to mimic <laughs> adult behavior you know what I'm saying like that's what people do at that age, and unfortunately, the responsibility still is just as heavy regardless of what you meant to do it and not it just is and um. It, it's made you who you are today, um, for sure, True. but um, you have here on here, you know, starting a family, um, understanding how the marriage works, and with children, like, how in the world did you even figure that out? Because you had, like, you there, there's a definite separation of roles, I know, as a female, as a mom. I never got that whole wife thing down, never. Like, I was married for 10 years. I know how to Mm -hmm. do housework. I knew how to cook. I knew how to provide for those children. And I knew how to make a work list of getting things done. But I'm not sure if that was the marriage. I'm not sure um, that either men or women know that. What does that mean for men, understanding how uh, marriage works when you got these children?
2: Well, I know... Like we live in a day and age where people are trying to, Craig, redefine marriage. And, you know, I'm not here to talk about that. But, in like, fact, what I am here to talk about is, is 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 what I know that has actually worked for me, and that is using the biblical definition of marriage. You know, because if someone comes kicking on our back door in the middle of the night,
0: everybody's
2: going to line up behind me. Uh-huh. They're going to line up behind my wife. I don't expect any of my kids uh-huh. to be out front. Everybody's going to be looking to me uh-huh. because why? I'm the man. Uh-huh. You know, um, uh-huh. being able to, you know, to, pro- to protect and to provide for my family, uh-huh. uh, you know, are some of the things that, you know, I take the heart. I mean, I take it as if, okay, this is my responsibility. This is my obligation, you know, uh, yeah. to be the breadwinner, to provide I can't even imagine going to my wife right now, and I'm in my mid forties, saying, "Hey, look, you know, I think I'm gonna stop working. I think I'm just gonna retire and just stop working." And I know it's gonna look at me like, "And what you gonna do? <laughs> you
1: know, um, <laughs> you gonna
2: get out
1: of
2: here?" <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> uh, so, 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 I mean, for me, as far as understanding how like marriage works, there are there are certain goals uh, that that have to be, at least in my mind, set and kept when it comes to marriage. Uh, a Mm -hmm. fact, there's a scripture that I can reference. It's it's, it's in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Mm -hmm. That's Ephesians 5 and 25. And, I, and, Uh I mean, to me, those are some big shoes to fill. Because as I look at as I look at everything that Christ did for the church, He didn't just come and die, but He came and He showed us how to live. And even with His disciples, even though He talked a lot of time in parables, and you know, He He gave uh, you know He He preached and He ministered and gave and gave speeches. His disciples they would come to Him and they would ask Him stuff, and and He would explain more to them than He did to the masses. And what uh-huh. that said to me is that, as a husband, I need to make sure that my wife understands what's going on, where we're going, like what we're doing. I need to make sure that I invest in her, that I take that time. You know, there was never a time that, that the disciples came, you know, Jesus asked them a question, and, you know, he, he really scolded them. Was just like, get out of here, you know, what's wrong with you? But he took the time to communicate to them. And That's what I took away from that. As a husband, I need to make it a point to communicate with my wife, okay, this is what's going on, or or, or if there's a situation that comes up, you know, and it's not that I don't listen for her her input or listen to her her input, but anything with no head is dead. Anything with two heads is a freak, okay?
1: Ah, yes.
2: I listen to her. I find her take on it because oftentimes she sees stuff that I don't see. But you know, when it comes down to it, in fact, like the decision that like that is made, I take I take responsibility for it. Even if uh-huh. I chose to go with something she suggested, I still take responsibility uh-huh. because the book has to stop somewhere. Right. And so it and 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 and, um, I'm gonna get into this a little later okay, when we talk about the kids, because uh-huh. uh, I came up with something that I hope all of your listeners write down in fact' it's very helpful uh-huh. because when it comes to coming to help actually like raising kids, but talking about the marriage and uh-huh. understanding how it works uh just uh-huh. just just understanding your roles as a husband, as a wife, and, and like I say, thing for us, we take the biblical roles or take the biblical definition. And that that becomes our our blueprint and our plan as far as how we are gonna operate as as husband and wife. We don't make any major purchases. In fact we talking to each other. You know, we have a, a, uh-huh. a, a shared checking account that causes us we have to communicate because, you know, if I need twenty dollars worth of gas and we got fifteen dollars in the account and I thought we had fifty dollars in the account, we well are when I go to get the gas going, like, oh you know so so <laughs> it forces us, you know, in fact we have to communicate but that actually that actually helps us as we are going somewhere, as we're building a life together, as we're raising the kids as we are, are, are you know becoming one flesh? You know, the Bible says that 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 the husband shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and 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 they shall be, and that's a process. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. They shall be, and I mean, it's a, it's a lifelong endeavor. You know, because you never really graduate because you're changing, he's changing, or she's changing, and so and so. If you never really keep that constant communication, I mean, things that were important to me as a child aren't important to me now. I live three minutes from the mall. I mean, literally from my driveway to the parking lot of the mall is three minutes. When I was a child, I remember saying to myself, I just wish I had a Saturday off with a pocket full of money and I could go hanging out at the mall all day. Now, I don't even want to see the mall. I mean, you know, I have the money, I stay close to it, but that's not a priority for me right now. And so that's what I'm saying, that, you know, those thoughts I had as a child, they didn't translate, and that's not important to me anymore. And so just having just being able to communicate that, you know, because as you grow and, and, you know, as and as he grows, then uh-huh. your like relationship should grow. And not just about just the tangible stuff, but, I mean, even, even some of the dreams and hopes and aspirations, you know, being able to travel or being able to go back to school, being able to start your own business. You know, talk about those things to your spouse. I mean, because you have help, and, you know, you can help each other in those areas.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a single person with no children, you're not mm-hmm. married, um, mm-hmm. does manhood get defined only if you have those things i I mean I just think that you can but I I I think part of purpose is to leave mm-hmm. legacy. Of course everybody right. can't have children. Right. Um but yeah. it's not all it's not all in the birth and process. Do you think it's okay for men? cuz there I'm gonna tell you I did a show probably last year I'm not sure what time uh of the year but it, there is a growing number of Sound in education, sound in vocation, men who are straight, you know and but mm-hmm. they're choosing they are literally choosing not to have children, not to get married, and it's almost like it's as- it's it's it seems selfish to me just because I, maybe I'm just a woman, but is that mm-hmm. like an option of man like it just are you really full? Tanked up as a man when you don't have any other responsibility but yourself.
2: Well, and this, of course, is my opinion. Right, uh, but you know, m- most men or the average men at all, you know, they like they want to accomplish something. You know, they want to have. Uh, a, you know, something that they can say I've done. And Uh if it's not in the area of, you know, marriage and with kids, most of them throw themselves into their career or into their own Uh endeavors, their personal endeavors. It may be their hobbies or something. Uh, Uh So so to answer your question, you know, manhood is not, Necessarily, you know, defined by being a husband, being a father, you know, uh, and, and, and 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 everything that comes with that. But manhood can quite honestly be defined as being responsible. Uh-huh. And if you don't mind, I want to jump a little bit because, mm-hmm. I mean, we can come back to that. In mm-hmm. fact, that really it brings me to. A list, and okay, this is just not for men, but this is just for people in in general, and something that I oftentimes tell my kids. Uh, I actually gave them three words, and those words were broken down by age, by by an extra age range, uh, and you want to write this down from age from from birth, yeah, yeah. okay so write it down from. From birth to seven, from birth to age seven, the word that I gave, that I found myself telling my kids over and over and over again, was wait, wait, just wait, be patient, wait, just wait, just wait, just, wait. just give me a minute, just wait, just, just just be patient, just wait. Well, from age mm-hmm. eight to fourteen, the word that I said to them most of all was stink. Think, why did you walk in the door and let it close? I'm coming behind you with an arm full of groceries. Why did you, because you weren't thinking about anybody but yourself. You know, think. And Just what's the word the again
1: you saying? Oh, think, think.
2: Think, yeah, think, T-H-I-N-K, think. Oh. You know. Uh,
1: okay,
2: okay. Sometimes it's like if it's not happening in five minutes, or if it's not three feet from them, they're not thinking about it. You know
0: uh-huh.
2: you and I, if we're standing out on the street talking and two blocks away this walk wild or jumps the fence or break loose, uh-huh. we're gonna run. <laughs> because first uh-huh. of all, we can't move as fast as we did when, when we were younger. We're not gonna wait it. until he gets to where we are, then <laughs> try to move. We're gonna right. we're gonna make it a point, okay look, we need to start moving now before it gets to us. But like I said, and I mean not not every child goes through this but for the most part, uh-huh. this is what I've experienced, is that a lot of times their brains are working but but they but they're not putting them in gear. You know, they're not engaging. Uh-huh. You know
1: right. They're and not so, making the connecting the dots.
2: <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. And
2: oftentimes Instead of just telling them what to do, I start asking questions. Because why? I want to get them into the habit of thinking because guess what? When you leave the house, I'm not going to be there to tell you what to do. You are going to have to come up with your own decisions and come to your own conclusions. And if you don't learn that now, you're going to have a hard time when you get out. The third word from age 15 to 21 is responsibility. Because if you learn how to wait and you learn how to think, you'll be able to take responsibility for your actions. Not just the good ones, but even the not so good ones. Not just the flattering ones or the ones that get you the applause, but even the ones where you messed up. You know, I, uh-huh. I tell them all the time that the mark of maturity is being willing to take responsibility for your actions, good or bad. And uh-huh. see, most of the times, if they don't wait and if they don't think, they have a real problem with taking responsibility because, you know, they realize that, okay, I'm in this position that I'm in because I didn't wait or I didn't think. And like I said, I'm speaking from experience myself. I tell my kids all the time, I'm not perfect, and, you know, I've been, I've been openly honest with them because just because you fall in the ditch and you get out of it and you're embarrassed, don't let your child who's coming down the same road fall in the same ditch and not say anything. You know, you don't have to go into right. all of the details and name names and you know all of that. Uh-huh. But but what you do owe them is a warning. You know, I've oftentimes said that 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 if you get on Interstate 65 North heading from Mobile, if you keep driving, you're going to get to Montgomery. I don't care how fast or how mm-hmm. slow you go, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. And it'll tell you, Like mm-hmm. Montgomery, 168 miles, Montgomery, 142 miles, mm-hmm. Montgomery, 89 miles, Montgomery, 30 miles. If you keep on Interstate 65, eventually you're going to get to Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So I don't That's care how I mean. fast or, or how slow you're going, you're going to get there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so, so. Even with even with the kids, even with helping them through that process, not only did I give them those words and I keep telling them over and over again, but I also use this example. I tell them, I said, "Look, I'm not raising, I'm not raising kids. I'm raising adults." They were like, "You know what do you said 'Cause we're not adults." I said, "Okay, do you wish you get to school to put your school clothes on?" They say, "No." I said, "Do you wish you get to church to put your church clothes on?" They said, no. I said, do you want you to get in the pool to put your bathing suit on? They said, no. I said, Well, you always get ready somewhere else, right? They said, yeah. I said, well, you don't wait until you become an adult to learn how to be one. I said, now is the time, and this is the place where you learn the lessons, the skills you need to take care of yourself when you leave the house. I'm not just trying to be a mean old and just, you know, Make you do stuff that you don't want to do. I'm trying to help you understand that the world that you're going into, they they are going, to, they are they they have a certain expectation of you, and that you've been taught these things, and that you've learned this stuff, that you learn how to read, you learn how to think, you learn how to take responsibility. Because there 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 are a few things worse than having an adult that that that, that is impatient, that that can't think things through. And they won't take responsibility for their actions, you know. So trying to help, help my kids understand, okay, look, we're going somewhere with this because you're not going to be staying with me when you're 40, okay. I'm not staying with my
1: parents. You're not
2: going to be staying with me. And, and one of my kids said, no, I'll, my daughter, I'm
1: going to stay here. Uh, my daughter says that. My daughter says that right now. She's like, Mom, you know, she. And I really feel bad sometimes about it because she says that she does not want to get married and doesn't want to have kids because I'm not um, wanting to get a divorce like you did, and I don't want to be like you. I'm just going to live with you forever. And I was like, no, you are not. you <laughs> it's just not. First, you. I'm trying to get you out. I'm, I tell them all the time that I have to make them ready to be adults. But for some reason, men get They get it from men. They get it from the male voice, like even discipline. Y'all can say the same thing we said. And for some reason, it sticks a different way because it's from the man. And I don't know if it's just the base. I don't know.
2: Well, it's backed up by actions. I mean, most men aren't going to talk a whole lot, you know, if they love you and the patience, yeah, in fact they may say it a couple of times but, but, but I mean but after that you know even in the military, they have a hard drill sergeant and then they have one, you know, just kind of you know kind of uh, takes the mother role, you know, because they know uh-huh. that that you have these young people and sometimes the first time they take them away from home and so they need someone that's gonna be hard and tough on them but but they also need somebody that they can talk to. Everybody can't be hard, and everybody can't, you know, in fact, be soft. There has to be, in fact, that sort of balance. And even with my daughters, and I love my daughters. I mean, I love them to death. But I know that I don't serve them any any good by allowing them to get uh-huh. away with stuff that I know that I know uh-huh. that they could do better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because I. I want them to succeed. And that's one thing I keep tell I say, if anybody wants you to succeed, it's your parents. Because you succeed indirectly. means they succeed. And so I'm not going to tell you anything that's going to cause you to fail in life. I may tell you some stuff that you don't like and some stuff that's going to, you know, for lack of a better term, kill your buzz. But the reality uh-huh. is I want you to succeed. I want you to be ready for the life that's waiting up. And because of that, I am going to be hardy. I am going to be tough on you because I love you. You know, uh-huh. in fact, we've all seen us post about being home, like when the streetlights came on. And I know that there were guys uh-huh. that that didn't apply. I mean, they could go, they could be out there still playing football and playing baseball and you know, shooting marbles and riding their bicycle. But we had to be home. Uh-huh. Certain of us had to be home. And those guys that did not have to be home at that time, look for them now. Most uh-huh. of them you can't find. Uh-huh. Simply because they didn't have somebody there to hold them accountable, to hold their feet to the fire, to make sure that they did what they needed to do, and so that's what even you know, even being a father, uh, that's one of the things that you know, I try to help instill within my kids. And going back to the original question, you know, about about being a man, without being a husband and without being a father, it's just being able to take responsibility, you know, for your life. You know, to me. That that is the essence, and that is the definition of you know being a man. You know, like being able to actually take that responsibility. Uh-huh.
1: You you got here on your sheet on mentor on, on under mentor. Your mm-hmm. children are not the only ones that need help. What do you mean by yeah. that? Well, there are
2: other kids that need to have what their parents are telling them reinforced by someone else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because you and I know well that everything our parents told us, you know, we didn't take it the first time they said it. And, and most of the times, you know, they said it several different times, and we still didn't get it. Uh-huh. You know, But it took still, somebody yeah. else outside of the house coming along saying the same things that they said. I remember talking to my oldest son and uh, sharing some sharing some information with him, and I told him, I said, look, don't, don't take my word for it. I said, I want you to go out and you find somebody else that you know and respect, someone that has your best interest uh-huh. in mind, and you ask them the same question that you just asked me, and see what they tell you. Uh-huh. And if they mean you any the good, they're going to tell you almost exactly the same thing that I told you. See... The truth don't need any proper now. and the truth
1: don't expire. Ooh, if you don't preach right there, because that's my saying. The truth don't need no help. Yes. Go ahead. And it doesn't go I bad. Mean, I, it doesn't, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't spoil. When you tell
2: us about it, the truth, right. you you know, you don't uh-huh. have to tell them, all right, look, don't go anywhere else, you know, just listen to what I'm saying. No, if it's the truth, right. they can go. They can take it wherever they want to, and they'll find out that what you're saying is true. I had a yeah, coworker of mine. Right. I had this coworker of mine, and she had her grandbaby, and her grandbaby.
0: Uh-huh.
2: She would oftentimes, you know, like want to grab and touch stuff, like her keys and a cell phone. Well, it's like what my coworker was doing. She started telling her, "Okay, well, no sweetie, that's hot. That's hot." And her uh-huh. her grandbaby, you know, she. Touched the stove and found that the stove was hot. And she burnt her hand on the stove. And so, you know, she said, stove, hot, hot. So she was telling her, you know, that her keys were hot and that her cell phone was hot. Well, uh-huh. her grandbaby, she was looking, okay, I can't touch that because that's hot. That's hot. Well, but then uh-huh. like when the grandbaby sees somebody else pick up the keys and they don't drop them because they're hot, somebody else pick up the cell phone and they don't drop it, you know, because it's hot. And the grandbaby started questioning, now, wait a minute now. You just told me that was hot. But you know, Jim over right. here—he picked up your cell phone and he didn't burn his hand. See, you can't—and—and—and and, and, and I had to tell her that you can't do that because once once they find out that you're lying about something, they're gonna question everything uh-huh. that you say. So right. I know what you were trying to do, is you were trying to keep her from 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 taking and losing your keys or sticking your cell phone in the in the couch cushion, uh-huh. and you know you're not being able to find it, but you're going about it the wrong way. Because as Uh she gets older, she's going to question everything that you say, you know, because she found out, Uh okay, those keys aren't hot, and the cell phone isn't Uh hot. Now, the stove is hot, but you told me these other things were, and now I found out that they weren't. So can I really trust what you're saying? My point is that when you tell your child the truth, and not just your child, any child, and that's what I was Uh saying about, you know, your children are not the only ones that need help. You can you, you can pour in, in, into the life of any child, especially as I said, when you want the best for them, when you want to see them succeed. You know, when, in fact, when you're not trying to steer them down the wrong path. When you realize that, uh-huh. oftentimes I have given kids ride to work, and my children will tell you this now. Most of the time that I have like little talks with them, we ride in a vehicle. Uh-huh. Why? Because. I have a captured audience, you know. They can't just open the door and step out because you know, I'm going 34 miles an hour. So so they have to listen to me while uh-huh. we're in the vehicle. And there was this young lady in our church that uh, that was a, a, a good friend of ours daughter, and sometimes my kids and I, we were going to pick her up from, you know, work and take her home. Well, in that 10-minute drive home, some of the same stuff I was telling my kids, I told her. Because as I said, just reinforcing those sort of values, reinforcing, you know, some of the things that you know, she need to be focusing on and doing I tell kids all the time, I said, don't go to college just to say I went. If you're gonna go, go to finish. And don't let anything deter you, don't let anything get in your way. Anything that's keeping you from walking across the stage, you need to let that go. You need to put that off. You need to push that off until until later. But go and get your education because once you get it, they can't take that from you, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, so understanding that your other children, and that's one of the reasons why I do mentoring. Like just last week I was, uh, in fact, I was speaking at my alma mater, Blood High School, and I was speaking to the seniors. And I shared with them a lot of stuff that I've already talked about tonight because I realized that, look, there are some kids, they may not have, a father in the house with them, or they may not have this sort of information being given to them. And I know that I myself, I would have wished to have somebody to to, to tell me and share with me a lot of stuff that I'm sharing with them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to give back. You can't just be, well, you know, it's just about, you know, my own little uh, uh, crew here because Mm -hmm. if I don't help my community, who are my daughters going to marry? Who are my son's going to marry? Mm. If I don't instill or reach out beyond, in fact, the borders of my own home, am I really mm. doing my kids justice? And
0: mm. it's not just
2: about about making a name for yourself, but but it's also about helping somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. if you are in a position to help and don't, in fact, the Bible says, you know. If you can do right and you don't do it, well, that's a sin. And so, uh-huh. you know, for me, I tell people all the time, a lot of people are afraid to speak. I'm afraid not to. I mean, uh-huh. given everything uh-huh. that I fear that God has put in me, I mean, there there there's a weight of responsibility, you know, that I carry in trying to, you know, help not just my children, but any child that'll listen. And I, and, and, and I know you know you got some hard-headed children like that, that don't want to listen. And, but, but 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 even that, even that you can't just call them hard and and I really wish someone right. would say it that, but there are things that they're going through that, that has them in that position. Let's go back to what I was saying earlier about right. understanding why are they upset? Why are they so angry? What's going on? Don't just look at right. them as being, you know, you can't do it or, or you won't make it, but why is it that you are like the way you are? and as stage, you know, that's a whole Another whole nother pet discussion. But but being willing to actually talk to young people and and help them, you know, to understand who they are and help them to answer that question. You know, so when the world comes to them and, and you know says, you know, you know, you're a pimp, you're a dang bang, you know, you're 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 a drug you know you're a homosexual or even a prostitute, when it in when the world tries to label them, instead of them picking up the label, they can tell the world who they
1: are. Yeah, I've seen more, and I've talked with more men who absolutely understand this. Um, I wouldn't say all the way to the order of wifing and being lead in a biblical sense because I think people are just so afraid, but the responsibility is already it's like it's already there. They got kids, they they do everything except for take vows and have this public acknowledgement of the responsibility that they have and if that's gonna change anything. But when um you have a parent that is obviously wanting to participate, uh I, I reached out to you in part because I had a father And I have several um, men who are either ex-husbands or their boyfriends, committed long-term boyfriends, and they just get so much drama about their manhood, and it's always related to the children. And for some reason, women feel like, um, they own the kids, and i I love my kids, and i I do understand that I cannot have them by myself, and I do not have them by myself, but sometimes it feels like they are mine by myself, but I understand the need for that other person to have mm-hmm. as much room and as much place with them as I do because it's necessary for them. It don't have anything to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. And I think men feel the same way, but they catch so much hell. And it's sad to say w- women perpetuate this issue. And what they have, it's like a it's like a, a going joke or a running theme that if you leave her, if you leave her or you don't want to be with her and you actually move on with your life, that you're not going to get to see your kids, that you're going to be set up to be a weekend dad, that you're going to be manipulated out of the ability to be as much as you still can be because you're literally not really under the roof, but um, emotionally still connected to that woman. And it's like guys almost are set up to not do it. And they check out, like they check out and they say, well, you know, I have my own kids. I've even heard men say I cannot find myself being a little league coach and helping someone else's child because I can't even get access to mine. It's like they refuse to still be, the, you know, what they can be um, because they can't change the mindset of this other person. And I know personally I've dated men
0: who mm-hmm. –
1: or wanted I wanted to date them, but they couldn't even get over the fact that they would. They understood the responsibility that comes with a woman with children, and what mm-hmm. my expectation of that is. And if they cannot give that to their own flesh and blood, they feel conflicted. They they feel like I cannot be all of this with you and your children, and then I don't even I can't even get to my son. You know, it's like they're mm-hmm. bound. To that person in that situation What do you say to those Guys because I don't know what to Say to them except for well, You know and, I understand and
2: Yeah well and Well you know we kind of talked about this a little bit Earlier uh, and that was One of the reasons why I tried to reconcile Like with my son's mother you know, My, my uh, oldest son's mother uh, You really know mm-hmm. because I didn't want I did not Want that to be the case uh, mm-hmm. But you know, to those individuals, and you know, I know that I mentioned you know scripture, and, and, and I mentioned you know uh, about our my relationship, in fact with God. I know that I've had to. I mean, there was a lot of praying that you know I had to do, especially in fact with my. Uh, oldest son and I mean not just for him but even for myself but but I still did everything I could every, every opportunity that I could be there for him I was
0: uh-huh.
2: you know because like uh-huh. I said I hadn't checked out because I knew I knew what it was like to be raised without your father and, and I didn't want my child to fall into that same category so to those men uh, you know even if you find a young lady that has children, and that you love her, and you love her kids, but you may have a child somewhere, or you, like you may have children somewhere that that at this time you can't be in their life. Don't let that keep you from from being able, you know, to help like the people that you're with. I mean, every mm-hmm. every opportunity that you can to be there for your kids, be there for them. But just because you can't be there with them every day, don't let that keep you from not helping someone else. Not helping at right, right, like yeah. some other child. You know, because mm-hmm. you know, fact like the whole thing about it takes a village, you know, to raise a child mm-hmm. is true. And, you know, mm-hmm. If we don't stand in the gap, even if it's not for for our kids, but you know, maybe for for some other kids, then
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, what hope do we have? You know,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just it's shocking the number of kids that don't. You know, I, I I I try, I do, I love my kids, I, and I think everybody who has kids should love their kids the most. You know, you should always start with giving as much as yourself to your own, and I do understand that. At the same time, it's hard for me not to love on my kids as friends the same way I love on them. Like, I expect that something in them is either close enough that made them friends to begin with, and that's why they're mm-hmm. friends, or that they've been purposely placed. And I think I, I think about purpose in a lot of things. And some people just don't. And it took hardship, and for me to be at the bottom of not having access to anything, for me to realize, oh, this is orchestrated like this for me. So instead of fighting, and I got to work through it. The same thing is true with the kids. Like it's amazing. Like my, and, and this is without me even really knowing.
0: My mm-hmm. daughter's
1: best friends at school, both of them have uh, dads in the home um, per se, but they're deployed. They, out of out of no force of anything, the friends that they are friends with have a similar background with there being a, a matriarch in the home and a patriarch that's just you know, every now and then being able to be seen. And so they actually kind of semi counsel each other with just the experience. They feel comfortable with that. They've had friends who had dads in the home, active fathers in the home, and and they don't get along as well. And and, and I don't think that that was just by coincidence. They are comfortable in that way. And, like, it's me. uh, My dad was in the home, but he was just like a lamp. I mean, I love my daddy. I love my daddy, but he didn't, he wasn't equipped with anything past the provisions and protection. That was it. Like, he didn't know how to, communicate love he just didn't have that in his own home he didn't have a whole lot of that in his life with a lot of other vices so I can't even be mad at him he gave me what he could and he shows up every now and then and it's that same except. so I knew that there were some things that I would carry as a girl and as a young woman and needing and so ironically just like you said in your earlier dating years, you realized you was picking these same women and having to be peeled off on because you just didn't want to lose a relationship. I was picking, not really picking, but I was drawn to people whose whole representation was strong provision, strong protection, but I lacked in, in needing this emotional connect. And, like, men... I don't know if they're like women. Like, women can see that clearly. They can actually write it down and take a picture and and give classes on it, and every one of the men that they date fit into this. But men, I don't know if that's any different with you guys. You said that you were able to come to yourself and see, you know, man, what am I doing to myself? But do men actually, like, associate things? Because, you know, y'all kind of just kind of principle-based. Y'all don't have this... Exposed emotional part of yourself Where you say you know what I'm feeling this kind of way about my This choice or whatever or do you Like I I don't know if y'all are that much Different From us with choice
2: And there again Even as I said earlier you know about Getting to know yourself Knowing who you are um, mm-hmm. It really helps In working through that See oftentimes. People who have a problem with themselves have a problem with everybody else. Uh, and if they, you know, if they don't, if you don't settle the issue, the issues that, you know, you're dealing with, then they aren't going to go away by themselves. They aren't magically going to disappear. If you don't address them, if you don't at least act a, acknowledge them and then uh, address them. And then even if you can't address them by yourself, you know, you need to get some help. But you can't uh. acknowledge or, if you can't fix what you want to acknowledge.
0: Right. And
2: so, 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 you know, I know that even our parents, you know, they had their issues. And, and of course, in fact, we have ours. But if we're not willing to at least look at them, we are going to get any better. I think that by addressing them and by, you know, in fact, looking at them, we can at least start the process. If you have a problem communicating, you know, because I did. Earlier in my marriage, you know, I kind of took a page, in fact, from my mom because when she got upset, she stopped talking. Uh-huh. So guess what? When I got upset, I stopped talking.
0: Stopped but talking. then I started
2: to realize <laughs> I started to realize, okay, this is going to cause an issue in my marriage simply because uh, I'm not willing to open and to communicate with my wife. And, I mean, you know, it was. In fact, it was causing a huge issue. But I knew that if I didn't address that and deal with that, that I was going to wind up losing my marriage. And there was some unresolved issues, uh with uh, like me and my mom, and and I literally I had to go and talk to her, and you know, that was one of the you know one of the 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 well it was one of the turning points in my marriage and in my relationship, you know. So I can actually, you know, when you call your parent up and tell them that you need to talk to them, you know, of course, you know, they have all kinds of things going through their mind, but what do you talk about? But oh. but I knew that I had I had to go. And deal with some emotional stuff that had been buried, and uh, and I mean it was emotional, but I knew uh-huh. I I I wanted my marriage more than I wanted the comfort of not uh, of not having to actually address and deal with that, and so I spent time, you know. And least talking to my mom about that, trying to trying to fix that. And I mean, it it did a world of difference you know, for my marriage because I stopped expecting stuff you know, from my wife that I should have got from my mom because I was expecting, in fact, my wife to come in and just kind of plug in all those holes that I had. And she was looking at me like, "Okay, I can plug in this one," <laughs> but I don't know about the other you got. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know. What I said, that's huge. That that right there is huge, understanding that you're uh, unspokenly expecting for someone to be something they can't, like, we can't be your mom and neither can a man really be a dad. But I can, and, and I hope this ain't too much disclosure, I can remember my ex telling me and, and comparing me to his mom. And I was always confused at how you could, Expect me to be something so separated, but the security the uh needing the mama gonna make it all right is really what he was saying, but those are some issues that still to this day he hasn't resolved with her, so there was no way I was gonna ever be able to feel those She was like it was just my my stuff was just set up in a way that it just wasn't gonna be a healthy you know, return and I think I knew that it would, you know, inevitably end and before we and we're about thirty minutes before the end of the show, I wanna know whether or not there is a point where you can just, you know, like 'cause some like some women concede after the doctor tell them um, that they can't have children per se. Not that that's the essence of being a woman, but for some reason women think if I don't have a baby and I don't bring something into this world and I don't have that, there's a part of me that's missing. Some women feel the same way about marriage. If I don't have someone to ask me to be with them in life, then something of me and woman is gone when I think the opposite is true. Is there any part of that that men think? Because to me, y'all seem like y'all can go with whatever. Whatever, the, whatever the world throws to you, but or or is that the same with you guys?
2: Well, in a sense, you know, we are adaptable, but there again, different ages and different stages of life, different things become important. You know, uh-huh. you know, there are some people that say, "I don't want to have kids." You know. Uh, <laughs> I think about that about that uh, state farm commercial. You know, I said I'm never getting married, and then he <laughs> wasn't getting married. You know, uh-huh. we never have a kid. <laughs> we wind up being pregnant. You know, we, you know, we never move to the suburbs. Uh-huh. And I mean, you know, for everything you know that he said, never turns like they wind up doing. Right. Um, right. But but at different stages of life, different things become important, and you know, kind of in a different way. You know, for men, as far as men's biological clocks, uh, you know, I mean, 60-, 70-year-old guys still fathering kids. So, you know, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, well, at some point in time you're not going to be able to father kids. So, so yeah, in fact, they may have more more leeway as far as that's concerned. But, you know, when it comes to women, on the other hand, you know, the same thing else, you know, I've a biological and you know, at, at a certain age, so. You know, pregnancy you it know, becomes a lot more risky for me. Uh-huh. So
0: uh-huh.
2: it depends upon what's you know what's important to a man. We all say look at our parents and our parents they they birthed us and they raised us and and you know, that we become their legacy. At some point in most in in the average man's mind, that question is that okay, what's my legacy? You know, if I'm not going to, you know, have a multi-million dollar company or be the or be inventor for the cure for the common cold, what's my legacy? And most of the time it's our children. And, you know, not just having kids say, okay, you know, I got 10 kids out there, but but having productive citizens, you know, children that, that that. That you can be proud of and say, "Yeah, that's my child." Not only did I bring them into the world, but I helped raise them, and I've turned out into into society and individual that can be an asset and not a liability. That's so, right.
3: That's
1: right. Yes.
2: That's right. So,
1: well, I would like to say <laughs> that I think I've learned a lot. Um. And, and if I might say that I don't think that um, we're that strangely different. I think we may just still communicate things differently, man versus woman. And if you had, um, and I love these three uh, different uh, things to look for, things to to know that you're going to be repeating or reemphasizing with the age group if you were to, speaking to um uh pre um pre pubescent i can i have never been able to say that pre pubescent male because let me tell you just ironically tomorrow at my son's school is a, what they're calling the growth and maturation program. It's been put off a couple of times just because of our snow days and stuff, but this, you know, I'm learning. I, I didn't even know this stuff was coming, but it is. It's there. And what it is is they're going to do some grown adult talking to these kids. They separate the boys from the girls, and they are going to teach them, of course, HIV and AIDS, and then about sex and puberty. It's not a. Mm -hmm. It's not in the formal program, and it has to be offered because it meets some of the requirements I think for the school. But it's offered, and like I'm signing this, hesitating because I know that the world has a bigger influence on minds than sometimes the closest people in your world. Um, which are like family and stuff. But what would you? What is the best advice to say you could give to a parent like me, of a ten-year-old boy, who does have a working and healthy relationship with his dad, but with the majority of his time spent with me? I just want to know what 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 I can do to just help strengthen him going into the manhood, rather than being just a you know a, a wimpy boy from a, being raised by a mama. Okay.
2: Well, if there are two things, one, if there are other men around, you know that can also uh-huh. help help pour into him. Family members, and men that you know and trust, and you know, uh, uh-huh. in fact, that's helpful, you know, for him. In fact, to be able to actually talk to them because in fact, there may be things that he wants to talk about that he didn't feel comfortable with talking to you about and he would want to talk to them. But but uh-huh. as far as you, as a single mother, you know, some of the best advice that I could offer is that is that you talk to your son. And, I mean, help him to understand. You know, we, were, we grew up in an age to where, I, I, you know, there was a whole lot of communication. Our parents told us, you know, don't do this or don't do that, and they didn't give us any reason why. But nowadays uh-huh. we have to take the time, to educate our children because we are in the information age. They have access to so much information, but they need more access to a heart. And they need to see our heart for them, even in the stuff that we share, even in the stuff that we uh, tell them. And so just him knowing that I, could, that, that I can go to my mom, that I can talk to my mom, and then even if I can't talk to her, she knows somebody that I can talk to, you know, to actually you know, uh-huh. get my questions answered, you know, or and really just kind of find my way because if he's 10, in the next several years he's going to go through so many changes. But one of the biggest things that you can do for him is uh-huh. as best you can, give him as much insight as you can on, on females because if mm-hmm. he's like I was a 10 y'all are a mystery mm-hmm. and to be honest you, you, you think you still are but uh uh <laughs> but but I mean you know really that's one of the things that actually makes y'all so attractive is that we can't figure you out and you know don't lose that because that's one of the things you know that really that really kind of kind of draws men to women but he's looking at stuff from a more analytical approach, as far as even, in fact, relationships and uh-huh. emotions. In fact, they may be there, but they're not high up on his list of priorities. Whereas for the female, emotions tend to be high up on the list of of, of priorities. Uh-huh. And, and, uh-huh. and, and I'm not going to say logic, but, you know, just kind of, um, you know, like, you know, y'all, sometimes, y'all, you just want to do something. I don't care how much it costs. I don't care, you know, okay what we have to do. This is what I want to do. Well, okay, if he has a hard time reconciling that because he's looking at, at it from the standpoint where I don't have enough money to take you to the movies and dinner, so we need to pick uh-huh. one, you know, uh-huh. or so so – He's trying to figure out, well, you know, you know, why can't you see what I see?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, so just, you know, just helping him, you know, to, you know, just giving him some sort of insight as to mm-hmm. kind of how women think and how women operate. That's one of the best things that you can do for him. But also, you know, just talk to him, let him know that you're there for him, you know, Uh, And, I mean, you know, just be honest with me that because even as I said earlier in the call, I really don't think that, you know, that no one gets help with falsehoods and half-truths, you know. Hmm. uh, I've been honest with my kids, my, like, middle daughter. uh, In fact, she just went to the prom or went to her her boyfriend's uh, prom. And I, in fact, reminded her, she, you know, she's fifteen, and he's seventeen. Wonderful young man, uh, you know, daddy approves of him. Uh-huh. But, but I, uh-huh. I told both of them, I said, when I was your age, me and her boyfriend's age, and when she, uh-huh. and, uh, and 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 in fact, when my son, my oldest son, mother was her age, we had a child.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And like uh-huh. I said, I don't like ripping, put like ripping the bandage off that old wound, but. But
0: it's the truth. my
2: father My father talked to me about sex after my oldest son's mother was pregnant. And I sat there and I listened and I respected him and I and everything that he said, but in the back of my mind I was thinking to myself, you know, this is a little too late. It's too late. You know, all the stuff <laughs> that you're telling me now is a little too late because she's already pregnant. Okay. And so, I, you know, I keep telling my daughter, especially my daughter, and I know they get embarrassed and I don't want to hear by day. I don't want to talk about that. I say, look, I would rather you be embarrassed now than you somewhere laying up in a hospital with your legs open, pushing a child. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so,
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. so,
2: so so you know, we have to be willing, you know, to be vulnerable enough and to be honest enough with our kids because if we don't tell them about the ditch we fell in, we we can't get mad when they fall in. It, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so well, you know, just. Well, I
1: would like. I, I I would love for I just I, I I'm going I try to align with people who have similar. Not that I want I'm trying to get you know determine the life of my kids or anything like that, but I want them to have the influences that I'm at least influenced in a positive way. With. So I I will definitely keep that in the back of my mind concerning what, you know, what to have uh, exposure-wise for my son. And I think I'm going to have to go to this
3: little,
1: we didn't even have this class. Like, I don't even know why, but I guess it is, it's necessary. We didn't have AIDS either when it was my right, turn, exactly. you know, to do that. So we have to – and the other thing is, is yes, they do. They have their nooks. They have their Chromebooks. They're it's actually a part of the curriculum at school. They bring home these devices. They have access. I can look at everything that they've accessed and stuff, and they're looking up stuff, and I just look through it sometimes. I'm like, what, what was they looking up that for? And I know they're exposed because I'm not that old either. I know that some stuff is embarrassing, but we have to uh, give them the opportunity to learn the truth rather than just what everybody else is thinking. Do you have any events coming up uh, soon or want to advertise for anything uh, in the near future?
2: Well, I do want to invite uh, each of your listeners. You know, they can connect with me on Facebook. Um, I think I'm the only Sakoni Prince out there. Uh and in the fact they can even uh can well can go to my website which is Saconi that's C I C O N E P R I N C E ecom and that's all like one word. Uh I'm also on Twitter at Soconi underscore Prince uh and on Instagram uh I think it's at on on uh Instagram. Um, but as far as events, I'm sorry?
3: Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Well, go
2: ahead. In fact, I was saying as far as any events coming up, I don't have any per se, but I do want to invite all of your listeners to check out my in fact, YouTube channel because I have several of my speeches up there. You can actually go to YouTube and just search for sakoni Prince. My uh, channel name is uh, C-P-I-N-E-T. Uh, 2000. That's CPI net 2000. But if you just go to YouTube and search for Sakonui Prince, put it in quotation marks. I try to use the same uh, mm-hmm. picture, so in fact, like you you know you'll, like you'll be able to actually find me. Yep. But uh, on my right. channel, I have you know like several of my speeches and uh, even some of the messages from like when I was on the radio and all. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, and i would be happy to to connect with them. And I'm looking for speaking engagements. Uh, I'm actually in the process now of uh, finishing up a training series, which I'm so excited about. Um, I don't know if your listeners uh, know who Les Brown is, but um, Les Brown has trained the guy that's training me. And, I mean, it's been phenomenal. In fact, the guy that's training me, his name is Reuben West. And next Uh month I'm actually going to be going to – Bloomington, Illinois, for a live training session with, with Ruben and, and my other black belt speakers, classmates. And, I mean, it is, it's been phenomenal just to be able to, you know, to understand that our words can change lives. And I go from doing 3D animation to motivational speaking primarily because there's a voice that I have and and, and there's a message that I have, which I know needs to get out and people need to hear. And even a lot of stuff we talked about tonight on the call about introducing you to yourself, I think there are a ton of people out there that have yet to walk themselves through that process. And that's one of the things I believe, you know, is my calling, you know, is to help people, you know, to just take a retrospective look at their life and, and and at who they are so they can settle the issue as far as who they are. And I, I think if more of us did that, you know, we'll be, we'll be at, at a fact, better place in the world.
1: Thank you so much for being on the Empire. A little quick snippet before we Even though the, the Empire was born out of my personal experience and endeavors, the Empress welcomes everyone into the Empire. If you would like to be a guest, a co-host, or simply want to suggest a topic to be discussed, contact me by email at EmpressCooperDavison at gmail.com or by my website at www.TheEmpress.com. I'm here. I'm you. I have enjoyed myself, and I feel like I know a lot more, not even a little, a lot more about men. Men and man from a man's perspective, things that stuck with me is just knowing who you are, First, I mean, that's just like, you've got to start there. If you don't start there, you're starting off from a place that's just kind of not solid, foundation, not really full. And then when you do know who you are, you're able to offer more of yourself. Now, that's just applicable to people, human beings, period. Just whole, your whole, so you can give a whole uh, self to your responsibility in life. And the best, I think, that uh, is tweetable. You need to tweet this manhood is being responsible, period. You know, you shouldn't have to uh, have a baby and take care of it to be said to be a man or have to make a certain dollar amount to be a said man. You being responsible for yourself and your decisions, whether those are positive or negative, is what man is. And actually one man is the same thing. I'm going to need you to understand that the decisions that you make – um Affect more than just yourself, and even if you don't have children, and I, I just am an advocate for men having babies because it, we we need, I mean we end that legacy ends if you don't have children. I'm not saying this going to make a whole bunch. I'm just because you can, um, Chris Brown and 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 Jay Z, but when you do, just own up to that and being being present and knowing who you are when you're there just speaks to the gravity of the entirety of, of the situation. I mean, you can't have uh, uh, a ton of money. Like I kind of feel bad for this Jay-Z kid because, yeah, you get a settlement. You get a settlement. Um, but I want more for this uh, young man to have his father, to have an experience that someone has actually chosen you or that you're actually loved. Like, I want that. But, you know, I'm not saying it can't happen. He is 21 years old, but he has still got a wound the size of his father in him, and if it never gets filled, he will constantly be throwing things in that for the rest of his life. This little song that I found, it's just I fell in love with it. Um, it's called Promises by Jahine. jane I don't know how to say her name because, She's Asian uh, female, and I love the music that she uh, uh, has out. But the beginning of the song just kind of took me <laughs> took me off guard, had me crying, because I've listened to it like a hundred times since I stumbled upon it uh, a couple of months ago, and I've been trying to download it forever. And it's just, just listen to it. Uh, we're going to have some shows in April that will speak to even a more simpler uh, existence, just plain relationships. How to just be in one, defining what they are, and um, you know, it, it'll be a good place to start off if we at least know who we are um, from our daddy's faith. Good night from the Empress. Little,
3: Little how I wonder what you. Why? Why? Sing it,
0: mommy.
3: i home late night. I've been sleeping past daylight. I'm waking up, you're not by my side. Baby, that ain't right. I wanna be there with you. I really do be missing you. Everything I do for you. And I really do adore you. You're getting so big now. And you're making me so proud. Cause you are such a star. And you know that you are. So every single little moment. I Get that hold your head Need for you to know that Need for you to know that Anything should happen Anything should happen Cause anything could Anything should happen Know that you'll be alright Know that you'll be alright promise you'll be alright Promise you'll be alright If anything Bye.